2: slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need
1: indeed. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your
2: team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 29th, 2019. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at underscore omd On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk all about the Magic's loss to the Detroit Pistons, their six-game winning streak kaput. The Magic's control over the eighth seed gone as well as the chase for the playoffs continues with a a, a big loss. Don't get me wrong, but 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 a, a a loss that was probably a long time coming. We'll talk about why that loss was coming uh, in this one and why the Pistons were able to take so much advantage of the Magic tonight. But before we do any of that, I want to remind you all like that you check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes, Twitter, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places. To download podcasts to your podcast. Uh, to your podcast-enabled device, including the Himalaya app, by searching for Locked On in the team you're looking for. Looking for uh, the Pistons perspective from our pal Matt Shook, who was on the podcast yesterday. Check out Locked On Pistons. Want to get ready for the Magic's game against Indiana Pacers. The Pacers, of course, playing Friday night in Boston. Check out Locked On Pacers. You can also check out Locked On NBA and Locked On Fantasy Basketball for your national perspective, as well as Fantasy Basketball 2. And now the Locked On Baseball Network, the Locked On uh, MLB Network is back up and running as Major League Baseball had its opening day on Thursday. You can find that all, you can find the Select Podcast that we've started up there by searching for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Again, search for Locked On and the team you're looking for on iTunes, the Himalaya app, or anywhere you get podcasts. And you can uh you can get the same kind of detail that you get from the from my podcast here on Locked On Magic for any team, pretty much in baseball, NFL, MLB, uh, NBA, pretty much anywhere in it. That, that you want. At the Lockdown Podcast Network, it's your team every day. The Orlando Magic were... beat. Um, to put it frankly, they haven't been beaten like this in a while. In fact, the Magic have just now two losses since January 9th of more than 10 points. They are pretty much always in every game to the very end. And so it was different for the Magic to have a fourth quarter where the game either wasn't decided in their favor or really up in the air in the balance. And, and this is real characteristic of Steve Clifford teams that they, they're they the ones in control. They have a chance to win every game, whether they do it or not is another matter, but they're rarely beaten like this. But from the beginning, the Detroit Pistons really had the Orlando Magic's number. Um, it, it was just a... It felt it didn't it wasn't a complete domination. The score doesn't quite reflect that. But it didn't feel like a close scheme at any point. I think Orlando got it down to sixteen at one point in the fourth quarter. And there was a little bit of moment like, okay, if the Magic can push things up a little bit, can get stops and keep this momentum, they could they could flip things the other way. But Detroit made the stops that they needed. Detroit got the baskets they needed and the lead got back out to twenty and, and that was pretty much it. The Magic were down early. They were trying to keep up with a high-powered Detroit offense. uh, Honestly, a Detroit team that played with a hint of desperation knowing how important this game was. And Orlando kind of just came out flat. And not just flat from the standpoint that they couldn't hit shots, which they couldn't hit shots all night long. The Magic just kind of came out flat physically. Which is what we'll talk about here in a little bit. But Detroit really asserted itself throughout the game. Andre Drummond had four of his six blocks in the first quarter, really establishing a tone in the paint. And Orlando was kind of skirting around that. Really, the game was put away, Orlando trailing by 14 points at halftime, but the game was put away by Wayne Ellington making five of his seven three-pointers in the third quarter. And Orlando, which to this point, and in recent games, had done a really good job coming out in the third quarter and establishing their defensive dominance, and dictating play with their defense, that was no longer the case. Or that wasn't the case in this game. Because even against good defense, Wayne Ellington was hitting shots. And Orlando could not find an offensive rhythm to just kind of keep their head above water. And so, the first time in a long time, they trailed by 20. The game was really out of reach for a good chunk of the contest. And that's just not Magic Basketball. For whatever reason, the game just, I don't know if it felt too big. Perhaps they tried to do stuff that was too far out of the ordinary. Perhaps they didn't do enough stuff to try and spark themselves and get themselves going. But none of it seemed to work. Granted, and this isn't an excuse, you will have nights like this. Nights where even the open shots just don't seem to go down. There's one second quarter possession. Magic's still in a relatively tight game where Orlando got three, maybe four offensive rebounds on a single possession. They they lost a rebound at one point and stole it back in the half court. So over a two-possession stretch, Orlando must have gotten six or seven shots and came out with zero points. There were several instances where the Magic did work the ball to get a good open look. And they just missed it. And in this kind of game where you're struggling to shoot, where you're struggling to find traction, and you're missing shots, it's easy for frustration to set in and easy to kind of let go of the rope. And that's really what happened here. Frustration set in, the Magic let go of the rope, the defense couldn't rescue them this time, which, which it has on several occasions this year. And I, I think I've argued before, the Magic's defense is good enough to rescue them on most nights. But this was not that kind of a night. Orlando kind of gave into a lot of its defensive flaws and shortcomings in this one. Giving up drives to the middle of the paint. Struggling to contain players and pick and roll. Frankly, just not being physical enough allowing Detroit to dictate the physicality of the game on both ends. That's not winning basketball for this team. And so, in so many ways, Orlando just failed to deliver what it is capable of delivering, what it is capable of playing to, what the standard that they have set for themselves is. And that's how you end up with this kind of result. Your line of magic falling to the Detroit Pistons, 115-98. to 98. Is this a game that bodes poorly for the rest of the season? Is this a game that is an aberration? My gut tells me that this was an aberration. That the magic kind of didn't meet the level of intensity that Detroit brought for whatever reason. But every time they tried to climb them, get themselves back into the game, just like they did against Miami, just like they did against Memphis, just like they did against, frankly, Philadelphia. Every time they tried to reach back and grab that intensity that they know they have, they couldn't hold on to momentum. They didn't get the shot that they needed. They didn't get the stop that they needed. Detroit made some tough shots, and that really broke the Magic's back. So my my gut tells me this game isn't... Something serious to worry about. But, you don't know that until the next game. And if Orlando plays like they did this night, on on Thursday night against Detroit, if they play like that again, they're going to be in trouble moving forward. And perhaps that's the most important lesson the Magic need to take from this game. That they can't be the sort of lax about their approach.
0: Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but really the first words you want to say are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And trust me, as someone named Jake, that is a fact. That's the phrase that will help you feel good knowing that you have people who could help you find the right coverage for the things you want to protect. Insurance doesn't need to be complicated with a State Farm agent. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits you because your situation is unique. And State Farm is there to help you feel supported with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. And when you need ways to get help, don't yell or be angry because State Farm gives you options there too. In person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com or their award-winning app, State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
2: Let's run through the final box score for you real fast. Uh, Not a lot of individual performances to be happy with here. Um, One guy that I did think did play well. Aaron Gordon, 20 points, 4 assists, 7-for-12 shooting, 5-for-5 from the foul line. Um, Aaron Gordon, his main task was to defend Blake Griffin, and I actually thought he did a decent job of it. Blake Griffin scored 20 points on 8-for-18 shooting, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, only 2 offensive rebounds, 2-for-5 from beyond the arc, 3 turnovers as well. I thought that Gordon held his own defensively against against Blake, made his life difficult, made his shots difficult. And that's really all you can ask for from him. So I actually thought Gordon played a solid defensive game individually. Um, one of the few guys I think played really well throughout. Gordon isn't a guy that's taken anyone off the dribble, isn't, isn't going to be a primary scorer. He, his offense really depends on him fitting into the scheme and kind of playing naturally within the offense. So the fact that he got 20 points, I think, is a sign of some things were working, but you know... Y- Gordon shouldn't be the guy that's leading your team in scoring right now. Not not the way that he's playing, at least this year. Um, I thought Gordon though did take advantage of the opportunities that he got, uh, and so he he obviously had uh, some. He had was able to score a little bit. Nikola Vucevic though I think had one of his worst games of the year. Twelve points, twelve rebounds, four assists, four turnovers, five for fifteen shooting. From the very beginning, it just seemed like he was uncomfortable playing Andre Drummond. And Andre Drummond, to whose credit was playing extremely motivated basketball. I mean, when Andre Drummond plays like he did in this game, he is A, an all-star, B, a difference maker defensively, and C, just a really difficult player to handle. Um, Vucevic, I think, fell into some bad habits from the last six years, last five years, that we don't want to see, where he kind of shies away from contact, where he doesn't meet guys physically defensively. Um, I thought it was uh, all all around, just offense and defense. You know, I I think a lot of people know me as a Vucevic defender. Um, But I also have high expectations for him now that he is an all-star, that he is such a key player to this team. And Vucevic was not the stabilizing force that the Magic need in this game. To be frank, I I think this team really goes with the energy that Vucevic gives. Um, When when he is engaged, when he's playing defense at at a high level, um, when he's scoring effectively, um, that is when he is at his best. And I think just the energy came from him too late in this game. Um, he was able to pick up his pick up some points in the fourth quarter to get over ten points, but it was a big time struggle for him all night long. Again, I felt like he was shying away from the contact with Andre Drummond. I felt like he was trying to stay away from the basket after the block block shots in the first quarter. And I think that he he didn't really do a good job resetting the tone for the magic, especially defensively. I thought he was setting his line. Too far back, the communication and fight over screens from all the guards, for the most part, was really poor. The communication was really poor. The Magic were just off-kilter defensively. And, and I think Vucevic, you know, is a team leader, is really a key to all of this. I think did a very, just very poor job uh, kind of setting that tone for the Magic, and that's really what this is about. That's really what this game came down to, is who is going to kind of set their, set their tone physically, who's going to set their... Their pace up, and, and and I think Detroit did that the best from the very start. DJ Augustin, eighteen points, seven for twelve shooting, four four rebounds, four assists, three turnovers for him. Um, offensively, Augustine was fine. I thought he was one of the few guys that was able to get into the paint uh, and really try and drive things offensively. Um, the Magic didn't shoot particularly well, but Augustine was able to to kind of create shots for himself and 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 kind of get things moving offensively, even if the Magic didn't make shots. The defensively, he struggled more than he struggled all year long. Really, um, I think that he was uh, uh, really struggling to get around the screens from Wayne Ellington, and Ellington just torched him from beyond the arc. And the Magic just frankly needed to change their strategy on him. Uh, instead of trying to hide Augustin on on Ellington, I think they were trying to keep him away from being defended by, def- from defending Reggie Jackson. But Ellington was just getting free too often. Augustin was chasing too much, and and, and just frankly. Augustin does not have the size to to bother Wayne Ellington when he shoots it. I mean, it'd be like if DJ Augustin guarding Terrence Ross because that's kind of the role Wayne Ellington played for the for the Pistons tonight uh, was was just kind of that 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 spread shooter off the bench. Um, and so Augustin was just just not a plus for this game, I would say. I mean, I know he's minus nine, the best of the starters. I think that he provided a ton of offense for this team, but he was he uh, he gave up a lot. Uh, I mean, he gave up as much as he. He scored, and, and unfortunately, that the Magic needed a little bit of a defensive presence in this game. Not that Michael Carter Williams was much better, um, but again, just it was a very aberrational game. I, I really do believe that. I, I'm not super concerned about the Magic moving forward uh, and moving into Saturday's game against Indiana because I, I just I feel like there was just a lot of things that just weren't usual about this Magic team. I mean, we've seen them 76 times now. Um, and so I, I, I have this. I have a feeling that this was just kind of a weird night for them um, and not part of any larger pattern. Certainly we saw some regression perhaps to how, how they've been over the last few years, which, which that part might be concerning. But it, it, if it happens again, I'll worry about it. I'm not going to worry about it off of one game. Speaking of Terrence Ross, he really struggled in this game. 10 points, 3 for 11 shooting, um, missing both of his three-pointers. Um, I would say... Ross has these kinds of games, and and more than anything else, in this game, Orlando needed Terrence Ross to be a factor. Um, uh, To to make the kind of comebacks the Magic have been making lately, and needed to make in this game, they need Terrence Ross. Um, There's just no one else on the roster that can score a bunch of points in a hurry and just change the momentum of the game. And Ross, I don't think was getting his typical shots in this one. I thought Detroit did a very good job crowding him on screens and making him take difficult shots. I mean, it's hard to do that against Terrence Ross because he shoots so quickly, but every time the Magic were looking to Ross to to make that momentum-changing shot, he either missed it, couldn't get free, or just kind of the offense just got disrupted. So, not the strongest effort, you know, not not a strong effort from Terrence Ross overall. Um, Obviously, shooting is a big part of his game. Evan Fournier, 13 points, 6 for 15 shooting. Jonathan Isaac also finished with 10 points, 4 for 14 shooting, 2 for 7 from beyond the arc as he struggled with the 3-point shot, added 8 rebounds. Um, Again, just not a lot to talk about on the Magic front, just a lot of guys didn't play up to the level that we know they're capable of playing. Orlando shooting 39.4% from the floor, 8 for 31 from beyond the arc, that is a huge difference for them. 16 for 20 from the foul line, so that part was good, at least 15 offensive rebounds, but Orlando unable to cash in. Just 13 second chance points on 15 offensive rebounds. Never good to have more offensive rebounds than second chance points because um, you get two points for every second chance points typically. Uh, so Orlando really struggling on that front too. Detroit shoots 53.5% from the floor. They're led in scoring by Wayne Ellington with 25 points. 7 for 13 shooting, made five of those three-pointers in the third quarter. Andre Drummond, 18 points, eight, 18 rebounds, 6 block shots, 9 for 10 shooting. Blake Griffin, 20 points as well for him. Um, Off the bench, Ish Smith with 15 and Langston Gallery with 12. Detroit shoots 17 for 35 from beyond the arc. Again, Orlando just unable to control the three-point line and really unable to just kind of get back into this game. This was Detroit's game really from the start. Orlando did make a run in the first quarter, did keep pace in the first quarter, but the way they were playing was never sustainable. This was the Pistons game from the very beginning. They set the tone. And that's why they won. And that's really the big, big lesson from this game.
0: This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
2: A while back, I talked about the Magic's first quarter quarters and statistically, the Magic remain one of the best teams in the first quarter. Their net rating in the first quarter remains in the top 10. So, typically, the first quarter is a place where the Magic kind of assert their dominance or assert, assert that they're going to be competitive in the game. I mean, like I think the old golf saying is true. You can't win the game in the first quarter, but you can certainly lose it. Now, the first quarter of this game, Detroit led Orlando 30-27. to 27. So it's not like Orlando was out of things early in the game. But from the very beginning, it was clear this game was going to be played on Detroit's terms. From Andre Drummond blocking... Four shots, including on the very first offensive possession. Orlando just, A, wasn't sharp. Their passing wasn't crisp. They were not delivering the ball where they needed to deliver the ball. The, 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 the thought process and and the ball movement was right. The execution was poor. And, and I, I do think that that distinction sometimes needs to be made. It wasn't that the Magic didn't try. The effort was there. Again, that's why I'm not super worried about the team. I think they were trying really hard. But there's a difference between effort and precision. And precision is about execution, it's about delivering the right pass at the right time. It's about putting the ball in the shooter's pocket, making it easy for your teammates. It's about being tied together defensively. You could try really well, really hard, but if it's not precise effort, if it's not directed in the right direction, it's pretty much irrelevant. This game was about execution. And one thing this Magic team has to do, and is frankly not completely in their nature, and why it still feels very precarious, like I say this all the time, the Magic are a top 10 defense. They are one of the best defenses in the league, But they very easily can have games like this, where they give up 50% shooting and 120 points per game. If they're not completely focused in and tied together. Their defense can get broken. Not easily. I don't think it's an easy thing to do because it happens so rarely. But their defense can get beat if you kind of knock them off their rhythm. And that's exactly what Detroit did. From really the beginning of the game, Detroit held the physical advantage. They put the the magic down on the mat first. They punched first and set the tone for the game. And Orlando was forced to scramble. They did that against Miami. They did that against Memphis. And they're fully capable of scrambling and getting back into games. But that's a dangerous game to play. Especially with so much on the line. I think Steve Clifford said this entering the game. Playing in the first half the way the Magic played in the first half against Miami, against Philadelphia, against Memphis, where the defense isn't locked in from the start, is a dangerous game for this group to play. And so, unsurprisingly perhaps, the Magic got pushed around. Unsurprisingly perhaps, the Magic couldn't catch up All the time. Especially with an opponent that was feeling confident. Was playing with that desperation. And was able to continually set the tone physically. Every time Detroit made a physical play, Orlando seemed to back down. That's not what happened in Miami. In Miami, Orlando answered the bell. Against Philadelphia... Orlando, a game that really didn't feature a lot of physicality uh, in the first half, Orlando was the one that stepped up, gutted out rebounds. I I, I think I said this after that Philadelphia game. What was really impressive about the way the Magic played in that second half wasn't that they played such great defense. It was that it was a collection of small plays, of simple plays. They didn't do anything spectacular defensively. Philadelphia missed, missed shots. That helped. But Orlando limited them to one shot. They didn't make a ton of mistakes. The Miami game, Orlando made a lot of great defensive plays. But in each of those games, Orlando held the physical advantage. And again, it's not something you can quantify. I, I can't sit here and tell you, oh, you know, this is the, they, they set this many number screens or whatever. It's just from watching the game. It's just a confidence, defensively at least, of saying, you're not going where you want to go. Against Detroit, their players went where they wanted to go. Ismith wanted to pick and roll. He would come around a screen. One of the Magic players would get caught on that screen because Andre Drummond's a very good screener. Nikola Vucevic would be kind of half guarding him because he's waiting for Drummond to roll. And Smith would have the whole floor open to him, whether it was driving to the basket, whether it's kicking out to the three point line or wherever. Wayne Ellington wanted to run off screens. He did so really with impunity. Enough so that that he was trash-talking to Magic's defense all night long. It's not that Orlando backed down from that. But they just didn't match the physicality that they need to win these kinds of games. And I'm not talking about doing anything dirty or or putting a guy on the floor. Um, You know, I, I do think that that's something the Magic will have to do in the playoffs at some point. But you can tell when the Magic are dialed in defensively. Evan Fournier against the Heat navigated through screens better than I've seen him navigate through screens in his career. He was able to jump over picks before the ball handler could get get there and get separation. And he was able to keep contact with his man. That changes everything. But in this game, no one on the Magic was able to do that. Guards came around screens free. The Pistons able to knock the Magic off their game offensively, directing where they wanted them to go. And a good defense literally physically forces the offense to go where the defense wants them. And so, this stuff matters. And it matters from the very start. Because it's easy to let go of the rope if you're trying too desperately to come back. It's too hard in this league to constantly erase large deficits. And especially at this time of year, you have to be the one that punches first. Because you can stagger your opponent, make them feel that desperation. And it doesn't mean you let let go of the let go of the gas or or ease off the throttle as the game goes on. But it becomes vitally important. To be the one in control. It changes everything about this league. And within these games. It's the same thing in this playoff race. Having that control over the eighth seed matters. And Orlando lost that control to some extent. They still own the tiebreaker with Miami. Miami still has a game in hand on them. Again, again, they do not make up that game in hand until the penultimate day of the season. So you're relying on the Philadelphia 76ers beating the Miami Heat, essentially. Which, maybe you can, maybe you can't. But having to come back too often, having to adjust and readjust your game plan from the very beginning puts you at a disadvantage. And while the Magic are a good team, Well, the Magic are certainly a playoff caliber team. No team can take that first punch this often and not get knocked down a few times. Orlando took the first punch from Philadelphia, from Miami, from Memphis. And they got back up and were able to win those fights. Orlando took the first punch from Detroit. And essentially, the game was over. They weren't able to come back this time. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device, including the Himalaya app. Definitely check that out. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore philipr__omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, including a look behind why the Magic's defense has been so successful this year, and where it falls short, check out orlando dot That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. This has been Philip Ross and Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your teams